Hello. Welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where we're shaking hands and drinking drams. I'm Patrick Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Dre Christian Fellowship, and to I'm, my left... Oh, to my... Yes. You're to my yeah, left. Yes, yes. I'm Brian Gumpy. Did you have Elder, to figure your right Christian for your Fellowship. left? No, I was going to... I jumped in too early because you don't normally tell me... or Yeah, tell me where I am. How did you learn your right hand from your left hand? Geographically speaking. Okay, this is really weird. Okay. I got a good one too, but go. I remember visiting my great aunt Nancy in Palm Springs. Okay. Well, Desert Hot Springs, but you know. Uh, and I was down there with my cousin Megan. Well, and other the rest of our family too. But my cousin Megan was doing dishes. And her hands were wet. And I couldn't remember which one was my right or my left hand. And I remember saying, this is your right hand. And her hand was all wet and got my right arm wet. And I was just like all grossed out as a little kid. (laughs) And it was so just like, ugh. And now you're always grossed out. And now I just remember like, oh, that's the hand that she touched. It's my right hand. (laughs) That's so awesome. Like a lot of people do like the L with your left thumb and finger, index finger. Okay. Well, mine is going to tell my age. I know. I know. A 25-year-old who still does, like, the put your hands up with make the L's. Okay, I don't have to do that. But what I do, or how I learned, is on the old TV sets, the right hand is the side with the knob (laughs) where (laughs) you turn the channel. Because my parents would say, hey, go turn the channel. And my right hand would turn the the knob. Yep, yep. So that's how I learned it. Those old-timey TVs, they were... No, I did that, too. You, you had one of those? Yeah. Were, were well, my you grandparents were born in like did. 94, weren't you? Did they still have those? Born in 87. <laughs> and my grandparents still had one. Oh, there you go. The grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. We actually had one. And for a minute as a my kid. My grandparents actually I remember, had one. I remember we even had a black and white one for yeah. like when I was really little. And then we got a color one. It was huge. My grandparents had a black and white one, but that was like the cheap, like, Hey, but it's getting away from me. Shaking hands and drinking drams. Yeah. Okay. Why? Yeah. Why are we even talking about right and left? Cause that just what came up and that's how we do the show too. We just talk. We just say words. We just say words. So the, so shaking hands, I have this funny story about shaking hands, but I'm not going to tell that story right now. That's going to be for another time. It's just teaser. You tease it, and then you bring it up. Like, Hot Dog Poopy Pants. I, I teased uh, it for like five episodes. I'm sorry you guys couldn't see my... Just you were just so disappointed. Disgusted is more what it is. Yeah, I don't care. I raised my hand just like the what the crap face. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. You'll get over it. So, but here's the thing is it is very important to me. There's very few things that are actually uh, protocol-wise when you're around people that are important, but shaking hands is very important to me. And I love to shake people's hands and look them in the eye. And I do judge people thoroughly and indiscriminately and categorically sometimes simply by if they shake my hand, how they shake my hand and do they look me in the eye when they shake my hand? I, a lot of people, I learn everything that I need to know about them by their handshake how did we ever end up being friends? You just haven't shaken my hand yet. 
<laughs> no, really. I'm trying to think back to when I was like new around here, and like I guarantee you, I was not shaking your hand and looking. You, you might in have. Eye. You might have. You were a very much yes sir, no sir kind of guy when you showed up here. Yeah, you were. No, I, for sure. It's like, yeah, it's just funny to me. Did you like my little Tom Brady pubescence Brian Gumpy voice that I used? Tom Brady. Yeah. Does Tom Brady talk like that? No, but the, one of the Brady Bunch kids, and I couldn't remember his name, so Tom, I just plowed it's not through it. Tom. I just plowed through it and hoped you didn't remember which one it was, or you didn't bring it up. It's a different but Brady. But of course you had to point that out. Thank you. <laughs> Peter. It's Peter Brady. Peter Brady. Yeah. No, I knew it as soon as I said it, but I'm like, I'm just keeping talking. I'm not going to stop here. But old... drinking trams. Okay. Now I'm trying to think of I'm trying to name all the Bradys. So you, yeah, you think that while I tell talk more. <sighs> Very Bobby rarely, then? Bobby's the youngest one. Okay, I got them all in. Very rarely, and Greg's the oldest. And do I not drink when we're recording? Oh yeah. And today you texted me saying, "Hey, we're recording and drinking various alcohols tonight, right?" And I'm on call. So I'm not drinking anything but water. This is the way it always works out, too, because I have a beer. Thank you, Joel. It's the one that... Oh, it's the one I didn't that pick. That the Biddles brought back from Hawaii. Yeah. And yeah, it's the one that you didn't pick. Um, mine wasn't bad. No. Hibiscus Saison. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, but mine's like yeah, a porter with coconut, coconut and porter, coffee. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and this is the way it always works out. Whenever I am, you're not, and vice versa. It's very rare these days. Next weekend, at the same time. Next weekend, we'll be on. Yeah. I got a four day weekend. We're for sure drinking next weekend. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, we have a question, I'm sure. I'm doing just Actually, rambling. we don't. We don't have a question? This is a question that we. That reminds much, me of a story. That pretty, <laughs> but he's not going to tell it, he'll tell I you some tell other it. time. So this is actually what I was looking forward to doing, kind of revisiting some of our earlier episodes and going into different directions that we didn't quite have the time to go to uh, when we gave it a first pass. So this is going to be our prayer 2.0 episode. But, but correct me if I'm wrong, but we did get asked something about prayer that wasn't specific to the first episode we did, right? How do you pray? Isn't that, didn't somebody actually ask us that? Mm, no, am I wrong? No, we got asked, why do we pray? What's the point of prayer? We did that one. Right. Yeah. No, nobody okay. asked, All how right. should we pray? I'm wrong. We're, Sorry. this is us assuming that you want to know this. Okay. Yep. How should we pray? So what we did in talking about this one is we thought that the best way to go about it is to really walk through what we have in the Bible as the design, the model for here's how to pray. And that's what is known, I guess, popularly as the Lord's Prayer. It wasn't hard to figure out based on the fact that the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, okay, pray like this. Yeah, that's in Luke. Matthew's one is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. So nobody asks him that there. But in Luke, they do. They actually ask him, teach us how to pray. But I'm, and of course, I, you're not in that one. Well, I'm, I'm right looking now. at the Matthew one. They're, 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 it's the same. <laughs> it's the, the same. Maybe not exactly word for word, but it's similar enough. Um, so how to pray. One, one thing that I, I was thinking as we were starting here and rambling is we had um, somebody years and years, like when we very first started, who was coming here, and this particular person um, asked, 
why we don't pray the Lord's Prayer. Specifically, she said, why don't we do the Our Father? And she had a Catholic background, and as um, we, she was coming to church and checking us out, we, we didn't do the same exact rituals and routines and pray this specific prayer ever. Well, I don't think we ever have word for word gone through this. And so for her, it was very confusing and perplexing that we didn't do the Our Father. We didn't pray this particular prayer. Like it wasn't like a, like a congregational reading type thing. Or the way that, you know, you would do a lot of liturgical prayers. Right. Yeah. Right. So one of the things that I did with her, and I think is helpful when we talk about prayer, and we're using the Lord's Prayer, is that it it was a model. Jesus designed this particular prayer for us so that we would learn a method to pray, not specific words to pray. And what I mean by that is, as he goes through this, he does several things. So let me, let me read it to you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And some versions go on to say, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. So what he does here is he starts with God and focusing our attention on God as the the recipient of our prayers. So much, you know, you see all the time on the Twitter and the Facebook where they say, you know, we're sending our prayers and our thoughts to you. Right. Right. That, and good vibes and pixie dust. Yeah, yeah, but prayers and thoughts are the two that, to me, really grind my gears. Yeah. That just make no sense. What do you mean I'm sending my prayer to you? What does it mean I'm sending my thoughts to you? That's the, the fruitless, you know, I, I, I get it. I just, I'm saying words to hopefully give you some kind of comfort, but pick better ones <laughs> is all I think. Just shut up. If you're going to pray, actually pray. Just you don't, shut up. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get on the belonging before believing Twitter handle. <laughs> I'm going to get on the Instagram. And every time I see somebody say that they're sending prayers and good thoughts, I'm going to say, hey, this is Pastor Pat. Shut up. <laughs> No, just shut up. <laughs> well, I don't on. want them to think that I'm saying it. <laughs> Quote me accurately. Uh, just shut up. Uh, okay. Don't do that. Okay, listener. God bless you. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were talking to me. No, no you go ahead. Brian, don't listener, do you, you don't do that. L- listener, don't do that. F- find another thing to say that communicates that you care. That I'm thinking of you that, today. That I'm thinking of you, yeah. Yeah, I, I wish the best for you, or I am praying to God for you. <laughs> Don't, I'm not beaming any prayers to you. Okay, so the very first make, thing this make, prayer does... Make sure you have your satellite pointed in my direction. Oh, dude, I'm okay. I'm going to be beaming you some stuff okay. today. So I went to this one church, and no joke, there was this person up in front, and they were needing some healing. So, some of the feel-betters. So, <laughs> Some of the get up out of that chair kind of mojo flowing at him. <laughs> so, dude up front next to cripple dude says, That's, All right, as everybody. He will hence be called. <laughs> so he says, All right, everybody, stand up and stick out your hands. There's no joke. This really happened. Stick them up. Stick them up. <laughs> 
Stick them out like this with palms out, because that's where the power comes out, apparently. <laughs> out of the bottom of your palm. No fingertips, nope, palms. Nope. You got to beam it like your Iron Man or something. But ka-chow. So we all held up our hands, and he said, now send your prayer. Wait, we? Yeah. You? No, no, I didn't do it. I'm you saying, said we. No, no. Dude, I'm at the church. I'm saying this is what happened, and the guy said, okay. we all need to beam our prayer. No, he didn't say beam. <laughs> he said, we need to send our prayers to this guy the crippled dude for he could walk again. So everyone's up and they're just like, you know, everyone's praying you know, you hear that throughout the whole room and everybody's like shooting their prayers at this guy. And I'm thought, how in the world is this helpful? And of course, do you think God dude got up and walked? Just guess. You have a 50, 50. <laughs> Although I think you kind of know where I'm going. I'm going to say no. Yeah. No, he didn't get up and walk. So, either all those prayers were ineffectual, or he didn't have enough faith. Some people say Somebody that. Somebody didn't have palms up. Yeah, dude. So, anyways, that stuff drives me nuts. Well, we're getting off, off topic, but prayer does not work like that. Prayer is us talking to God, and God sometimes responds, not audibly, not, you know, with some kind of voodoo magic, not you put your finger in your Bible and wherever it lands, there you go kind of thing. Or, you know, whatever your first thought is, as you walk out the door, that's God's. No, that's not how it works. Prayer, we pray to the Lord and it works with in conjunction with as how we read our Bibles and the Holy Spirit takes the word of the God that we read and impresses that upon our minds. So the thoughts that we're going to have should be biblical and scriptural. And if they're not as a result of prayer, then we have to ask ourselves, are we really praying to the Lord? Or how are we informing our prayers? Is it all me-centered? Is it all him-centered? Is it all us-centered and stuff-centered? Or is it truly God-centered? Because this prayer goes, our Father who is in heaven, we're praying to God the Father, and we're saying that he is in heaven. And what we're saying by that is that he is king. He is sovereign. He is in control of absolutely everything. We're saying you are God and we are not. You are holy and we are not. You are righteous and true and we are not. We're acknowledging everything about God that he is in his character when we say our father in heaven. He's distinct from us. He's not here on the earth. He's not the same type of being that we are. He is wholly other. And then the very first petition, the very first request is that God's name would be hallowed, that his name would be considered holy. What we're praying basically is our father in heaven, we are calling you sovereign and holy and good and glorious and just and righteous and merciful and all of those things. And we're praying everyone else would do it too hallowed be your name. May your name be holy, not just with me, but everybody who would come to pray your name. There's a lot of people who pray who aren't praying for God's name to be hallowed. Oh, who are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, probably well-intentioned Christians, a lot of them don't even pray like that. The very next petition is that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying, Lord, as you are sovereign in heaven, you rule over everything. Everything is in your control. And so may that control that you have, may your will that you have and you possess be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now there's a theological quandary there. 
Because number one, we're saying God is sovereign. But number two, we're asking for his will to be done on earth as in heaven. It almost sounds like we're saying he's not sovereign, right? Right. So what we're doing there is we're acknowledging that God is sovereign. But we're also acknowledging that oftentimes what his will that he actually works out in providence throughout history is sometimes not completely, totally, exactly to the point of the, his revealed will in the law. And what I mean by that is people sin. That is not what God wants to happen. There's a lot of things going on in this world that are not the will of God in the sense that they're consistent with his law, consistent with his revealed will. However, he has a purpose and a plan for everything that does happen, and he is working all of those things to his glorious end, and all of those things will ultimately bring him glory and honor and praise. This isn't going to be a Doctrine of Evil episode. I totally get that that's where our minds have to go in this. But what we are praying is we're acknowledging that there is evil, and we're acknowledging that God's word and his will is good. And we're asking God to bring to the end of history all of the evil things that go on that are contrary to his revealed will in the Bible, in the law, in his word. Right. And I'll just say, this is kind of an aside, not to get us off track, but I've, <clears throat> I've heard, noticed, like we hear you, people want to hear more about the problem of evil. Um, by this point, our, our marathon, our first marathon episode will have come out, and I want to do our next really long episode on that. So it is coming. It might be like another, you know, I don't know, a few month or weeks two. or a month or two yeah. or whatever. Um, but it'll it, be worth it. But it'll be worth it. I, we just really want to give that one the time that it. you guys think that you want to listen to it. That's by far it. the question that gets asked the most. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I don't want to get us too far off track, but that one's coming. That one's going to be another long one because um, it sounds like that's what you guys want to hear. So anyway. So w back to the, the prayer. Only now, after all of those things, do we even get to something that is related to me personally. So at this point, I've worshiped God. I've attributed holiness to him. I've called on him and his sovereignty to defeat evil here on this earth and to bring about righteousness here on earth. And only then am I saying, and then Lord, give me my daily bread. So right away, we see that the Lord's prayer focuses us, focuses us Godward in a way that unfortunately, I don't hear a lot of prayers being prayed. And frankly, I'll be honest, I haven't prayed consistently with this myself a lot. I, I do have to make sure that I'm paying attention to the words I'm saying as I'm saying them, that I am focusing on God because I am prone to pray for myself and about myself more than I am about the Lord and His glory. Well, and not even just about yourself, but, you know, for... I mean, I, I hate to say it, but simple things and simple things like it's going to like it sucks to say this out loud, but simple things like, oh, my brother is road tripping to, you know, L.A. this weekend. Pray that he has a safe trip. Um, Heal the bunions. My grandma, my uncle. <laughs> yeah. My grandma has a broken arm. Like pray for her for this and that. And. So, I mean, those were... Pray both, for my dog's cataracts. Both, those were both about other people. But, I mean, you know, I stubbed my toe. Lord, please heal my stubbed toe. It's annoying. Whatever. Like, 
So it's not even just that you're praying about yourself. It's that you're praying about, I mean, like I said, pretty simple things. If you were praying about, you know, Lord, like I'm really, really having a hard time, you know, focusing on the things that you would have for me. I just feel like I'm really selfish and I just don't care about anything, but I want to do Lord. Like I I don't want to be like that. Like take that away from me. Like that is in my mind, not to establish like ratings or grading people's prayers here, but that is a different kind of prayer altogether. And even when you are focusing on yourself, than just like, oh, fix my foot, you know, keep me safe this weekend, blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, think about it in the context of this phrase, give us this day our daily bread, is we, those prayers that you just, you know, brought up the silly or the... Simple. The simple ones, the ones that are kind of... It's true. Okay, so trivial. this is... this is, trivial is the right word. This is what I was about to say. This is I forgot to get there, though, is that in it's tempting especially if you go to like a prayer meeting or something like that, if you ever open up the floor to prayer, we end up treating God like a wishing well. Right, right. Here in America. Sure. This focuses our attention. Right, because think about most of the world, most of the time of church history is is persecution, and that means eating daily is going to be a chore. It's going to be hard to do. You're not always going to be able to go to your refrigerator and pull out a bunch of things to cook dinner with. So praying, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, is, again, although it is I'm asking for something, it is also focusing my attention back on the Lord. Whereas most of church history, they genuinely would have had to rely on the Lord for their daily bread. Right. And as we come back and pray this prayer, as a model, what we want to do is remind ourselves as we're praying, especially once we start getting into the part of the prayer that is us-centered, is realize that even though we're praying these things for ourselves, it ultimately comes from God. And if we're not praying with the foundation of Him and His providence being the source of all that we have and possess, then we're inevitably going to be self-centered and selfish in our thinking rather than giving him the glory and honor that he deserves, even for the simple things like the glass of water I just drank and the LaCroix and the beer that you, I mean, we, we should be really having an attitude of thankfulness for all of these. It's how you can eat and drink all for the glory of God, whatever you do. Right. And I think people underestimate how much direction for the rest of their day, their prayers give them Mm. how much, you know, what you want to bring to the Lord, how much the things that you want to talk to your creator and sustainer about, that those are the things that you're going to continue to think about and focus on as you go about your day. Mm. And um, like I said, I think it's way more impactful than we give it credit for. Um, You know, people talk about, you know, writing down goals and how there's power in writing it down or, you know, what, what you measure grows. And there's all these different things when it comes to like self-help or personal development and those other things, how when you focus your attention in some kind of way on what you want to accomplish, just writing it down and focusing that way is going to make it more likely to come to pass. And when we're talking about prayer, like I said, when these are the things that you are spending your time, your, you know, your communication with your creator, these are the things that you're focusing on if you change them from the wishing well type of things to what we see outlined in the Lord's prayer, that is going to impact the rest of your day in a real way. 
It just does. It does. It does. And, and, and I think, I think as we take this prayer as a model and we pray not just these words, but we pray these concepts and we do that all throughout the day, there are going to be times where we're focused on, Lord, help me with this right now. And there are going to be times where we're focused on you get all the glory and honor. And there are going to be times where we're praying, forgive us of our sins. And there are going to be times where we're grieved over the lawlessness we see in this world and the injustice we see in our society. And we're going to pray for that to be righted. And all of this comes and has its foundation in this particular prayer. And I believe that the more God-centered we take our minds and allow them to go, whether we're writing them out, which I think is wise, I've... For years, I've written out prayers. I have a little journal that I've written a bunch out, and I, I hope that when I die, that'll be precious to somebody. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's it's something that I had have have a habit of doing, and and I think you're right. It gives me perspective. I can go back and see those prayers that are answered and and those that aren't, and I can see you know growth where I've been focused on the Lord and where I haven't. I have an, anyways, go, I have another thought, but I don't want to go there right this second. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? No. <laughs> okay. And so forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Um, debt there means sin. In certain translations, it actually says the word sin. But our debt before the Lord is our sin. Is trespasses. Trespasses, yeah. it says in some translations. Um, it means sins. And what a sin is, is... It, the big fancy phrase is any want of or lack of conformity to the will and the word of God. So it, what that means is that I, I haven't done what the Bible says to do, or when the Bible says to do something, I don't do it. So in those two areas, it's sin. Here I'm asking God to forgive my sins. I'm asking him to forgive me for the things that I have done wrong, and he is the only basis for my forgiveness. Jesus Christ is my only hope for forgiveness and my only hope for heaven. And then he says, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And there is a sense here where the Christian should be the most forgiving person. Oh, yeah. And it's such a shame that that isn't true in so many ways, right? Well, that's why we preach grace the way that we do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. There's... So, we... We, we had to leave a church once, a big church. Um, I was on staff there, and it was an ugly... It, it was very ugly, and I saw the ugly side of church politics, the ugly side of church leadership, the ugly side of what can happen when um, there isn't checks and balances, biblical checks and balances in place in leadership. And we had to leave... And there was one particular individual who was just awful. There, well, there's two, but this one particular guy was just really, really treated us badly. My wife said a lot of bad things, um, went around other people and said and did things that um, kind of wrecked us for a long time. And so that was, you know, like that was like 12, 13 years. No, not 13. That was about... Yeah, about 13 years ago now. And, you know, we spent a year not go, not just going to church, not doing any kind of ministry, and then we planted Sovereign Joy. And, you know, we're on our 11th year now and doing Sovereign Joy. And just 
recently, this fella got in touch with me. I didn't want to have anything to do with him, to be perfectly honest. I, I had thought in my heart I had forgiven him. I'd gone back and read journals that I've written about it and prayers that I prayed about forgiving this particular individual. But I, and, and while I wasn't upset or mad anymore when he got a hold of me, I still didn't want to go back there because it still hurt 13 years later. And so he, he was persistent and finally set, just showed up one day at my place of employment, which I don't recommend. But, <laughs> but he did, and he, he said, look, I really just want to talk to you, and I want to ask for your forgiveness. And he's like, let's go out to dinner. So we did. We went out to dinner, and he was broken. And he poured his heart out and said everything that he did was all of, he was so wrong. He was, you know, just, he was truly repentant. And he didn't ask me, but I went back over all the stuff in the areas he hurt me. And I didn't do that to heap guilt on. The reason I did that is because, and I told them this at the end, I wanted him to understand how hard it was for me to forgive him and, and what this really took. And I believe praying this kind of thing, and maybe the, it took 13 years of praying, Lord, help me to forgive this particular person for me to actually be ready and have the Lord prepared me to actually forgive that person. But I can honestly say at the end of that meal, we walked out of there together and we hugged each other and cried together there right in front of the restaurant and stuff. <laughs> and um, and it, it was a good thing. And I, I never considered that person not my brother, but definitely now I would consider him a friend and we'll probably never be close, but I definitely would love to see him again and talk with him. And I have no ill feelings towards him or his family or anything like that anymore. And I really believe it's because I've prayed this kind of thing through for a long, long, long time. It wasn't a new concept to you. It was not. It, it wasn't a new concept. <laughs> and, and this kind of prayer really informed my thinking, my heart, my attitude, my hopes. I really, I, I hope I still, the other guy who was involved in all that, I really hope we can reconcile I don't know that we will, but I, you know, really hope he, he's not contacted me, but you know, I still pray about it. And, um, and the reason why I can pray, Lord, forgive me is because of what Christ did for me. And in light of that, if Christ has forgiven me of all of my sins, man, I've done bad stuff. If he has forgiven me of all of my sins and cleansed me of all of my unrighteousness, who am I? How dare I hold a grudge or hold something over somebody else when they come and they seek forgiveness. I have no business doing it. That's why Jesus can say there in Matthew 18, you know, if somebody comes to you and asks for forgiveness, basically no matter how often they sin against you, you're supposed to forgive them. And Peter's like, seven times? You know, I could see doing that for a while here, but Jesus says, no, 70 times, seven or 490 times. And it's like, you're not going to keep count that long, <laughs> you know? But the, the point is, is that we should be people who exemplify forgiveness. It's a black eye on Christianity when people in the world are more forgiving and more, um, more generous in that way than we are. And, and I think that it would do us well as a church and do us well, just you and me here, 
that we would continue to exemplify and continue to be people who are forgiving and loving and um, really quick to forgive, quick to show grace and quick to love. Yeah. Um, It's something that I teach new people who come to work for me is the way that you handle a mistake is almost a surefire way to make somebody a customer for life if you do it the right way. You know, somebody comes and they order a coffee from us and we get it right the first time. Well, I mean, cool. Good job. You gave me what I ordered. Great. Um, But if we make a mistake and they bring us a mistake and we bend over backwards and we treat them like way better than they would expect somebody who brings basically a chore to an employee who made him like you expect there to be, Oh, like, well, it's your fault. You ordered it this way or whatever. But if we can be genuinely just own up to it and, you know, um, make it right and go above and beyond, then all of a sudden those people they're like, Oh man, like I barely even asked cause I just assumed that they were going to give me the business, but they, they like really handled it. So, yeah, and you might get taken advantage of. Yeah. People might oh, see that's how sure you respond, do. right? And then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, well, I could get a free one here and there." And you know what? That's that's not on you though. That's you're you're be in in the same things with forgiveness. Yes. People are going to take advantage of you. People are going to um use that and abuse it. Uh, fine. It's okay. People abuse Jesus. And if he's the one that called us to do it, I think we're in good company. But so the reason I bring it up is it's the same thing with forgiveness. You know, if nobody ever, you know, sins against you or you don't ever sin against them, then great. You're lying, but great. Um, But in the way that we forgive one another, that is the that's where we really see powerful things happen. That's where we see people really understanding what grace really means. We get to point to Christ and his forgiveness and the abundant mercy that we have found there. Um, And yeah, it all happens because people offend one another, people sin against one another, and we offer that forgiveness. Yeah. And that leads to the last point here. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And some people, I've heard this question as if, well, will God lead us into evil unless we're asking this? And that's not the point. The point is, is that we're, we're going to find ourselves into evil. (laughs) We're going to find our way over there. You know, it's very attractive to us. It's tasty. We want to go over there and partake of sin. So we're going to, we're going to get into it. What we're saying is, Lord, as we're going there, don't, don't let us keep going down that path. I'm asking him for deliverance. I'm asking him to actively lead me in the way of righteousness. Because if he isn't actively doing that and I'm not actively following him, then I'm going to wander off and I'm going to be, you know, over here. Sin, the phrase sin comes from a Anglo-Saxon word of, it's an archery term. And it literally means missing the mark. So, you know, you shoot the bow and arrow, right? And then you, pew, you let the arrow go. And if you don't get the bullseye, you sinned. You missed the mark. For us as humans, it's not like we're trying really hard to get it, 
and then we're just missing. It's like I'm trying to shoot you, and I'm shooting the light, and I'm <laughs> running around the house shooting everything I can. I'm shooting your eye out, kid. You know, I'm not. I am so not trying to get the bullseye. <laughs> what I need is I need focus, and I need direction, and I need someone to point me. No, this is where you're aiming for. Don't you're not running around trying to shoot the dog and the neighbor and you know pop some tires with a you know you, this is where you're aiming. Lead me not into temptation, but delivery from the evil is asking God, Lord, focus my attention on the areas where you want me to focus on. Lord, focus my attention upon the good things, your word. Bring to my mind the the areas where I am in sin and I need to repent and I need to follow after you more. Don't, don't allow me to continue to walk down that road of sin. Yeah. So that's the Lord's prayer. And so when we pray, we don't need to necessarily pray these words because in our prayers, we pray and worship the Lord. We pray and ask for his will to be done. We pray and we are grateful for his providence. We pray and are grateful for his forgiveness and asking for him to give us the strength to do that and to lead us in his way and his heart. We pray all of those things all the time without necessarily saying these specific words. So this model prayer, which has for some become mindless, it's almost a mantra. Ritualistic. Yeah, ritualistic, just vain repetition is the phrase Jesus uses in Matthew 23 of just our father in heaven, hallowed be the name of the kingdom come there will be done on earth as their daily bread. You know, it's, you're not thinking through what you're praying. If you're doing that, you're not doing it with your mind activated. You're not doing it in the power of the spirit. And so when we pray, we want to use this model. We want to use this template for our prayers and we want our minds to be engaged. So even if we pray these specific words, we still want to be thinking through what it is we're praying. Right. And it might not hit all of these things. It might not be that long. It might not even be a complete sentence, like you said, where we're hitting these different things throughout you know, the day, throughout our train of thought, whatever. So it looks a lot different. And gosh, how, isn't that nice to hear? There's yeah. so much freedom in that. Yeah. Well, so I've said this. I don't remember if I said it on our last prayer one, but how I pray regularly is I have a running conversation with God in my head all day. And I just, uh, I'm talking about everything. I'm thinking, I'm, you know, about the water and the conversation I had and this and that I'm like in my mind, having a running conversation with him and that running conversation should be formed by this prayer. And the more that I do it and I'm God focused, the more I find my thoughts and my actions becoming God focused as well. When I start getting squirrely, it's usually because I'm not praying in this way or I'm being very complainy in my thoughts as I'm having that conversation with the Lord in my prayer, yeah. in my prayer, in my head, words, they hard. That's why you have a model in front of you. <laughs> All right. Question of the day. I don't have one. Do you? Do I need to come up with one real quick? I don't have one top of mind. Okay, I do okay. now that I do. So my question, does it have to be a yes or no question? It's less fun if it's a yes or no question. In fact, I prefer that it not be a yes or no question. Can it be very theoretical? And Yeah. Okay. Dude, it's our show. It can be whatever we want. Awesome. Well, I, there's parameters, right? All right. So Alex Dar, one time me and him were talking, he's the most artistic person I've ever known in my life. I love him. I miss him. I do too. 
He's one of my man crushes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if he listens, but he is. So he's the most, most artistic person I know. So I asked him a question one day, and we talked for at least three hours about this one question. Is every form an art form? That's the question. Is every form an art form? I got a twisty tie here in my hand. It is a form. Is there art in this form? The glass, is there art in this form? iPhone, I mean everything. I'm looking around the room. Everything has a form. And my question is, is every form an art form? I really like that, actually. I know, and I have an answer, but I'm not going to tell you now. All right, so if you want to hear the Pat's answer, then you're going to have to find us in the comments and ask him yourself. Do hey, it! Thank you for hanging on to what ended up being another long episode, but I think worth the time. Never forget, boys and girls, we believe that you belong.